I think sometimes, especially with social media, I, I focus on sharing myself with the world, what, what I want the world to see as authentically as possible, the good and the bad. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we can find ourselves only doing like the ESPN sport highlights, the things that we think are going to get comments and engagement, but mm -hmm. this is coming from more of a manipulative place than from an honest and authentic place, because we're not sure if what we think about us is good enough for what they may think about us. And I, I always tell people when I when I meet someone or if I'm in a situation where I wonder if that person likes me or thinks something great of me, I first think, what does that person think about themselves? Because if I don't think that person loves themselves, supports themselves, there's no way they can feel that way about me. And so when you find yourself doing things, playing for the audience, for the applause, that's the first sign that that confidence is coming from a false place. So if you have people that are like, you know, I always say what's on my mind, I keep it real. Like if you keep it real, you don't have to say that. It comes out, it reeks through your pores. Yes. You know, it comes out in the conversations, not you having to say it blatantly. That's just a way of almost trying to intimidate people so that you can appear confident or you're spending money on all these designer clothes that you don't even like. Now, mm -hmm. if you like them, go ahead and get the new Gucci purse, but don't just get it because I can't wait to, at that next event, I'm going to wear this bag because that's what happens. You think you're wearing the bag, but the bag is wearing you. Mm -hmm. And it just, people, real recognize real. So those with real confidence will know right away, microwave process. <laughs> They're not taking their time. Welcome to the Next Level Leaders podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Harrop. I've been in different leadership positions over the last 10 years. And the most fulfilling part of what I do is when I help other women within the workplace get promoted, which is why I started coaching in 2019 and helping women who weren't in the same company as me. If you wanna grow within your current role, be seen as a leader amongst your team and eventually get promoted into a larger role, this podcast is for you. Sometimes along the way, Women realize that the growth might not happen within their current organization and change can be scary. So I also help women in the transition to finding a great fit in a new role with a new company. And many of my clients end up getting a 20K salary raise along with that transition. And that can be you. After all, the world needs more female leaders and I'm here to create them. I focus on confidence, self-awareness, communication, growth mindset, networking, and more. If you're ready to believe in yourself and take that action, you're in the right place. Let's go. Welcome back to Next Level Leaders podcast. I am thrilled to introduce you to my guest today, Aurelia Michael. So let me tell you a little bit about her. Aurelia is a proud Bronx, New York native currently living in sunny Los Angeles. She has always had a passion for the arts and entertainment, as well as helping people sustain the confidence to share their unique gifts with the world. She is a graduate of the University of Maryland College Park in dance and business management, as well as attended the Fashion Institute of Technology for a certification in image consulting. She has been the voiceover talent for several national brands, danced professionally via Broadway and TV film, and has been the founder and lead coach at Aurelia Michael Living for the last 11 years. All right, let's go ahead and jump into today's episode. 
All right, everyone, I am excited to be bringing on my guest today. We've got Aurelia here with us. Thank you so much for being here on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yes, me too. And I usually do a little bit of a background on how we met. And Aurelia actually reached out to me after listening to some episodes, which I love hearing people reaching out saying, Hey, I think I'd be a great fit for your audience after tuning into some episodes. And we quickly were able to chat and get on the same page about a great episode that we're bringing you today. And it's just fun to meet people that way. So if anyone in the audience is tuning in and maybe you think, Oh, I'm just some support team member or whatever, wherever you're at in your career, people want to hear your story. So definitely reach out. But Aurelia, I'd love to have you share a little bit more about you uh, to our listeners today. So feel free to share personal, professional, whatever you uh, would like to share today. Absolutely. Hello, everyone. So my name is Aurelia Michael or Aurelia, if you're feeling spicy. My family is from Puerto Rico, so, you know, I have to represent. I am a life coach, image consultant, as well as a voiceover artist and coach. But by life, I am a heart healer, a people connector, and a pretty bomb accountability partner. I'm originally from the Bronx, New York. I currently live in Los Angeles. I went to the University of Maryland, as well as Fashion Institute of Technology. I came out here to pursue the world of acting, but I fell even more in love with voiceover, musical theater, and I'll be getting married in about a month and a half, which is crazy. I also have a little pup named Pepper. And my favorite thing right now is I am a bodybuilder. I'm heading into my second season. I've been started February 24th of last year. So coming around my one year anniversary. Wow. So much amazing things happening for you as well as have happened for you. That's amazing. Congratulations on your upcoming wedding. That's exciting. A lot of work, but. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Right. It's been a while for me since I got married, but I don't want to go back and replan all of that kind of stuff. So one and done, right? (laughs) Yep. There it is. Cheap it a keeper. That's what I say. Hold on to me. (laughs) Exactly. That's so great. What breed is your dog? So when we got him, they told us he was a multi-poo, but he's actually a schnauzer chihuahua poodle mix. Oh my gosh. Adorable. And I love the name Pepper. That's so sweet. We, we were between Pepper and Domino. We're glad oh. we went with Pepper. It's perfect for him. I love that. Great. Well, I'm so excited about our conversation today. We're going to be talking about building your sustainable confidence along the journey. And honestly, it's something that so many of us struggle with. It's the first thing that I ever focus on with clients is, you know, if you don't have that confidence, some of those other things that can come after it can be a little bit more of a challenge. It's not that it couldn't happen by any means, but can certainly take more time or effort, whatever that looks like. So I am so excited to be talking about confidence with you today. Uh, So I'd love to start with you on your thoughts on how confidence can feel like getting addicted to the short-term microwave process. Can you share what you mean by that? So I always say, you know, these days people don't cook the way they used to, right? We have the Mm -hmm. air fryers and the George, anything to kind of shorten the process. Mm 
And I find that happens a lot when we're looking to gain and sustain unconditional confidence, meaning that no matter what room I walk into, there is a foundational level of self-awareness and self-love that and self-respect that I walk into every situation, whether I'm the most knowledgeable person in the room or it's my first day on the job. So when I'm working with clients, I really talk to them about seeing this as a long-term thing. There's always going to be new, every time you get to a new level, I always talk about like a Super Mario game, like you just defeated the guy and you saved the queen, but now you go to another level and you, but you have to go into that new level with a foundation of confidence you had from before knowing that, okay, I got through all those trials and tribulations and got here. I know I can do it again. And Mm -hmm. in uh, the book, The One Thing, he talks about hyperbolic discounting where we see the mountain so far away that so many things get in our way in the beginning, these temptations, these temporary satisfactions that we give into those, that's that short-term microwave process. We want the thing that can happen tangibly right now instead of seeing that long-term goal, because just because the mountain looks small from a distance, we've all seen a mountain from a distance, but if you've gotten up close, that size changes tremendously. So I'm always working with people on seeing this more as a marathon than a sprint. If you want the kind of confidence that walks into the room before you do. Yeah, definitely. And I wanted to maybe ask in addition to that, how can someone recognize also when they're kind of in that process or in that stage of trying to get that quick confidence? Is there a way for someone to maybe recognize when that's happening? For sure. I think sometimes, especially with social media, I, I focus on sharing myself with the world, what what I want the world to see as authentically as possible, the good and the bad. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we can find ourselves only doing like the ESPN sport highlights, the things that we think are going to get comments and engagement. But Mm -hmm. this is coming from more of a manipulative place than from an honest and authentic place, because we're not sure if what we think about us is good enough for what they may think about us. And I, I always tell people when I When I meet someone or if I'm in a situation where I wonder if that person likes me or thinks something great of me, I first think, what does that person think about themselves? Because if I don't think that person loves themselves, supports themselves, there's no way they can feel that way about me. And so when you find yourself doing things, playing for the audience, for the applause, that's the first sign that that confidence is coming from a false place. So if you have people that are like, you know, I always say what's on my mind, I keep it real. Like if you keep it real, you don't have to say that. It comes out, it reeks through your pores. It comes out in the conversation not you having to say it blatantly. That's just a way of almost trying to intimidate people so that you can appear confident or you're spending money on all these designer clothes that you don't even like. Mm -hmm. Now, if you like them, go ahead and get the new Gucci purse, but don't just get it because I can't wait to, at that next event, I'm going to wear this bag because that's what happens. You think you're wearing the bag, but the bag is wearing you. Mm -hmm. And it just, People, real recognize real. So those with real confidence will know right away, microwave process. They're not taking their time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Thank you so much for diving into that a little bit deeper, because I think 
we may think we know what that might look like, but having that additional explanation definitely give me some more visuals and ways to think, oh, am I doing this? Okay. I'm trying to stay authentic in these ways and making sure that, yeah, it's done authentically in a way that you are coming across the way that you want people to see you as your most authentic self versus what image do I want to come across as? Or like you said, having that name brand thing that other people have just because other people have it. But if that's not true to what you are, people are are certainly going to catch on to the disconnect and feel like "Mm, that energy, something's not right. Absolutely. And I think too, I have a shirt that says, be you, they'll adjust. Cause that's how I feel. People will adjust to your temperature as opposed to always trying to adjust to other people. And I think the other side of the confidence when you're trying to figure it out is when you start to overanalyze all your moves, well, I don't want to seem like this. I don't want people to think that I'm going to be like this. Well, when I reached out to you, I mm-hmm. felt like this was an audience I, I don't normally engage with. So would I just not reach out and say, well, let me keep looking for what's easy, what's in the comfort zone? No, I want to jump out of that comfort zone into the place I call the growth zone. Mm -hmm. And then once I get comfortable there, I jump into the next growth zone. So to me, you miss 100% of the shots you never take. So I just reached out. The worst thing you could say, which we'll talk about later, worst case scenarios, you say no. Or if I'm interested, I'll get back to you. And then you don't get back to me. When you have a certain level of confidence, you know what you bring to the table. And if it's not to someone's taste, if they don't like your ingredients, then they don't have to eat it. As opposed to what can I do? Let me go back in the kitchen and try to figure out how I can. No, because no matter what, they just might not enjoy what you bring to the table. And you have to be okay with that. Yeah. I think that was such a freeing thing for me over the years is being okay with not being everyone's cup of tea and recognizing that I can still be acquaintances or great coworkers or simply exist with some people. Sometimes it's more difficult on my end or theirs and being okay with it. I don't have to be every single person's best friend. I don't have to be in the know of all the different things, having that confidence within myself and growing that and truly taking the steps to kind of sit in that discomfort phase to a degree was really freeing to recognize where my priorities were and who I wanted to spend that time with. Exactly. Because what ends up happening is that that person is the one who quote unquote succeeds the least because that's the one supporting everyone else's vision. Mm-hmm. and stepping to the side and letting them shine, you know, for fear of like, if I shine too much, it might, might blind them. Let me kind of fall back a little. And that ends up being the person who's the cheerleader of the team and never gets in the game. Yeah. It's okay to be unpopular. Yes. You're not in high school anymore. I went from being okay with not being everyone's favorite to being okay with being unliked. Mm-hmm. Because if you think of all the most powerful people in the world, And you can go look at even just from the trolls to the people in their lives, everybody doesn't love them. Mm -hmm. And that's just the name of the game. So you really have to decide what is best for me? Who is best for me? If I'm around this person and they make me feel small or I get smaller because I'm around them, I have Mm -hmm. to respectfully say, I can't, you know, be near you in this season. I can't follow you on social media. You don't have to tell them, just hit the mute button, do what you need to do so that you can succeed how you want to, and you can reach the goals that you want living truly in the identities that you set for yourself. 
Exactly. But first you have to set your identities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to know yeah. who you are before you just set a goal, you know? Right. Yeah. There's definitely a little bit, maybe not the exact cookie cutter process that works for everyone. But yeah, part of that is finding that confidence within you and figuring out how you are able to communicate it. And maybe along with that, even setting some boundaries as far as, like you said, figuring out who to unfollow on social media, who to hang out with during the different season, who brings out the best in you in those different ways. Absolutely. And removing ego, right? You have to remove ego from it or like judgment of self. Oh, I'm, what am I in high school now? I'm doing, you're doing what you need to do for your mental health. That always comes first. You put your mask on first before you help the person next to you. We keep doing the opposite and we go from helping that person to try to run down the aisle, helping someone in first class. That's not even worried about you. Worry about self first, because that's how everyone else around you wins Mm -hmm. because you win more than you have more to pour. Exactly. I love it. Yeah. I'm so glad you reached out because obviously this is so far a great episode. So um, thank you. Yeah. I just thought that, you know, I've never had a corporate job. mm -hmm. I've never had a corporate interview. I don't have a resume, so to speak. Most of my things are all related to dance, but I'm constantly around women who have, and I recognize that there's not much difference, especially things that women go through in any workplace. Mm-hmm. So I just took a chance. It's like, well, what's the worst that can happen? We have a conversation, right? I get to meet someone new, continue to follow her journey, continue to support. Either way, it was a win. Definitely. Yeah, agreed. Well, I love kind of the segue into this as well. We're talking about kind of our different experiences with confidence and setting some of those boundaries and what that's looked like. How does confidence affect us in all areas when we're feeling a lack of it? Well, yeah, this is something I talk about a lot. If someone tells me, when I first started, I, I called myself like a career coach. Mm-hmm. And what I found was that the more we talked about career, we realized that it also had to do with life. It all was connected. If you had a hard time asking for what you wanted in your relationship, nine times out of nine, you also had a hard time asking for something at your job, asking for something from your family, from your friends. Mm-hmm. And so if you see it happening in one area, sometimes instead of tackling that area, see where else it's happening, because those may be better starting points. So let's say, for instance, you feel like someone at your job is abusing the amount of work they give you. Well, let's see what's happening at home. Are you feeling like at home, you're pulling a lot of the slack? Well, that may be the first place to test out how to have that kind of conversation. And then once you're able to see, oh, this conversation went better than I thought, because usually it does, we create these I movies. But Mm -hmm. once you say something, that other person's going to say something. I say, give your scene partner a chance to say their lines. That person's going to say something you didn't expect. And then your whole script goes out the door. So a lot less thought and a lot more action, because if we can start, if you're saying, okay, I need to work on, I have a hard time with change. Okay. Well, when you drive out tomorrow, even though the highway's to the left, go and make a right and take the longer way around, get used to just inconveniencing yourself to then realize at some point that change isn't really that inconvenient when you surrender to it. So I always tell people like, give it a go in some other area that may be easier than the one that you feel like is holding you down. Yeah, I absolutely love that. I'm going to 
pretty much just write little cute quotes and hang them all over my office of what you've said so far. Cause I've been I, working on a journal because people always good. say you have these lines and I'm like, I yes. need to write these down. <laughs> yes, yes, you do. And I'd be happy to give you any thoughts on that. I created a career journal as well, but Absolutely. yeah, it's, it's, it's these little lines that resonate because it does kind of hit you more at your core of yes, that resonates with me or that hits me hard because I've gone through that. I've had that experience where, yeah, change wasn't easy. And, and how did I get more used to it? For me, I joined a startup company after working for a very well-established company. And that difference was night and day. I mean, someone went on maternity leave at work or even maybe even a simple vacation for a couple of weeks. And we would joke that the whole team and company was doing something different when they returned and they had to relearn it all. So yes, succumbing to that change, which I I love how you mentioned intentionally inconveniencing yourself so that you do have additional practice in advance with something like that. Right. Because sometimes we can make life easier for ourselves Mm -hmm. and, you know, diamonds come from pressure. You've got to be able to deal with that pressure and handle it. And the only way to do that is to walk right into it. So always give the analogy of the grasshopper. So when grasshoppers are faced with adversity, they can't walk backwards. They can't move backwards, literally. They either have to move sideways and camouflage or move forward towards it. So I always tell people, if you're going, if there's something ahead that you have a fear of, you either need to move to the side for a second, create a plan of action, get some people on your side, Mm -hmm. you know, pick your people up, or just go straight ahead. You, you really would be surprised at how much you can do when you're put under that kind of pressure. Definitely. What are your thoughts with confidence and for people thinking worst case scenario? Yes. Yeah, so I always imagine someone who says, you know, I don't, I don't want to ask my boss, for instance, to give me a raise because I don't want to ask them to give a boss. And I say, okay, well, what are the worst case scenarios? that they say no, that they tell me that I'm inconsiderate, that they fire me. And so my thought is, well, if the, if me expressing my opinion and my strong thoughts warrants me being fired, then that's actually a best case scenario because I don't want to be in a place where my opinion is not valued. Mm-hmm. Same thing in a relationship. Well, I don't want to tell them, you know, that they hurt my feelings because I, you know, I don't want to ruffle any feathers. The worst case scenario is that I tell them they hurt my feelings and they leave me. Well, if you getting your feelings hurt is enough for them to leave you, you saved yourself a future divorce Yeah. because you're going to come up against things much heavier than that. And so I always go, if the worst case scenario does not re- result in death, there's always a way to take action. And that you should take action. Because like I said earlier, we create these iMovies in our head and they're usually always the worst. They're like (laughs) World War IV in here. (laughs) And then you, and I've been in that situation where like I used to run a t-shirt company and this woman emailed and I was so afraid to have this call because I was like, she's going to be so mean and she's going to this and she's going to that. And then I finally got on the phone and found out she was the mom of one of my dance kids and was the sweetest. I just misunderstood her email. But I spent days sweating, just thinking like, she's going to tell people my company is bad, all this. And if I had just 
tackled it right then and there, I wouldn't even have to think about worst case. Because at the end of the day, when you have that unconditional confidence, you've been through worse before, you'll go through worse in the future, you're going to be fine right now. Yeah. And I think sometimes we think worst case scenario because it is kind of our ego coming in or almost ourselves holding us back because, oh, well, I'm not going to apply for that position because what if I wasn't actually good and then I got fired? Or like you're saying, thinking of all these worst case scenarios and almost lowering our confidence because we're thinking of those terrible things that could happen. So I think it can help in both ways. Like you're saying, I have also been in that same position of coaching people saying, Hey, if the worst case scenario of applying for these new positions and trying to do something different, worst case scenario, every single place you apply for turns you down and you're in the same exact position that you're in right now. And you know, you're still making ends meet, getting your bills paid, whatever that might be. Maybe you're not happy. So maybe we need to pivot in a different direction, but that can also help you get the confidence you need to then take that action. And then I also say to flip it and think of what's the best case scenario. I I tend to do that same thing where I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to dread this meeting. These people have been really harsh on me before. And so they're probably going to not like everything I say this time and challenge everything, which brings me stress. And then I thought, you know what, what's the best case scenario that we start to understand each other's processes and and they understand that I'm coming from a place of trying to advocate for them and their needs so that when they come to me in the future, it can be a little bit softer versus maybe a little bit more aggressive in the beginning. And I released all of that to where I thought, okay, worst case scenario is this best case scenario is this I'd rather focus on, you know, what could happen in that best case scenario, but also you have that in mind of what routes could I take if the worst case scenario happens. Exactly. And with a job applying, you know, if you already knew what to do in the job, you'd already have it. Yeah. The whole point of them hiring you is so that you can bring what you already have and mix it with what they're going to teach you. People want to show up to the job and already be perfect and be great at it. You just have to be willing to show, if they open the door and tell you to come sit at the table, That's all you need to do is bring what you have and they will teach you the rest. You know, and like you said, applying for those jobs, it's going to make it easier the next time you apply because now there's maybe mistakes you make when you first start applying. And Mm -hmm. if you go into it, I call it like kicking and screaming and suffering through it. That's going to read through your words. If you go into it with excitement and with best case scenario, that's also going to read through your words because people hire people. Every And it doesn't matter what industry and dance. I know people who can like kick their leg to their face and do all types of crazy stuff, but no one wants to be around that for eight hours a day. Their personality stinks. Mm -hmm. And I can, I can fix someone's right. You can help someone get better at a job. You can't really help a funky attitude, (laughs) you know? So you, you have to recognize that people hire people and it's that confidence. They want to be able to sit back and know even if this person doesn't know what to do, they're going to be confident enough to reach out. They're not going to try to do it on their own and end up taking us down. Like they're going to be confident enough to say, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Can you help me? Yes. I find that I connect with the people who 
speak exactly like you're mentioning where they say, I don't have the answer. They're not going to come up with something that sounds good on the top of their head that actually isn't correct. And then I end up struggling later on. They say, I don't have the answer to that right now, but I do have resources who I can reach out to, to make sure that I follow up. Let's sync back on you know, and a couple more days so I can give you more information. So you feel supported going forward. Right. And you say that without apology, Mm -hmm. we can often talk to people when we need help or when we don't understand something apologetically. Yeah. Why it's Mm -hmm. okay to not know something. And I know, especially for women, you know, being the leader of the house and taking care, we're just, we put that pressure on ourselves to have to be everything for everyone and know everything for everyone but even sometimes that can be enabling to be that go-to person so feel free to say actually I don't know and and no I'm not going to look it up I just don't know so hopefully (laughs) you find it somewhere else you know yes exactly you talk about unconditional and absolute confidence so can you explain more of what that is and how more women can practice it absolutely so confidence in general, right, is that belief in yourself. But what can happen is if I imagine my confidence to be an anchor, and life is a ship, the size of my anchor depends on how much I'm willing to believe in myself in every situation. And so the bigger my anchor, the more I'm able to plant it when I need to be still and figure out next moves as opposed to floating. And so absolute confidence It starts with some radical manifestation. So manifestation we know is I will get this job. I I will find a man. Mm -hmm. Radical manifestation is like, I'm the CEO. Like I'm engaged, like it's crazy. And that happened with me when I went to pursue Broadway. I moved forward to New York, moved in with my parents after 17 years of being on my own. And people are like, what are you doing in New York? I'm like, I'm on Broadway. They're like, oh my God, that's amazing. What show? I don't know yet. I'm waiting for them to email me. They're trying to figure out which theater. They're figuring out contracts. They're figuring out if it's going to be a new show or an old one. And for the eight months that I was auditioning, I ran with that story. And I really believed. So when I got on Broadway, you know, I had friends who are still pursuing it eight, 10 years later, what I did in eight months. Yeah. When I got it, people were like, wait, I'm confused weren't you already on Broadway? Because that's how I carried myself. So when you have unconditional confidence, you carry yourself as if it already is. So you don't wait to become the movie star to treat yourself like the top of the call sheet. You don't wait to become the CEO. I don't care if you're a temp, you walk into that office like you own the place. Mm -hmm. Oh, is this my desk for now? They must be renovating upstairs. (laughs) Has to be. And when you do that, course there's going to be some haters that's going to happen regardless of what you do but there's going to be people that want to support you I have people sending me auditions all the time they just wanted me to win so bad so first it's having that radical manifestation which really connects with your identity so a lot of times we create these goals right last year I was like I want to read 12 books I want to have my hair down my back but I didn't identify as a reader and I didn't identify as a woman who protects her hair Mm-hmm. And that's different because when you pull from an identity, you start to think, what are the habits of the people who do, who are this identity? What are their habits? Okay. They wear a scarf at night. They 
put how many pages they're going to read every day. They set a time for when they're going to read. I wasn't doing any of that. I just wanted to read 12 books because it sounded cool because there's 12 months. So yeah. when you go from identity, and it doesn't necessarily mean the same thing as what you want people to know you for, because it can be things that are private to you. Mm -hmm. But when you go from identity, then you create your outcome goal. Then you can create your process goals. What are the tangible three first three actions I can take? So mine was, and this is what I did this year, have a hair consultation with Amber, did that. Order products, did that. Now I'm watching YouTube videos and learning different styles. And then once those are done, you create new process goals until that goal is met, but you continue to hold on to that identity. It's the same as people that I said earlier, people that are like, I'm honest, I keep it real. They will do anything in their power to hold on to that identity when they're around people. So they mm -hmm. will cut you off. They will tell you how they will do all of that. Well, we can do the same thing. If I identify as someone who puts her health first, then I'm not going to be out at the club drinking every weekend because to me, that's not honoring the temple. That's not honoring my identity. And so instead of just saying, I want to lose 10 pounds, which is super vague, it's important, but it's vague. I am a person who honors my body no matter what stage it's in. What, do, what are the habits of those people? And every time you knock something off, that's adding to your confidence meter, like those little meters when they're like raising money yes. on the side of the bank. You're like my confidence until the point where it overflows. And yeah. that's absolute confidence. Yeah. And I love how you explain that as well. And I hope people tuning in are feeling that as well, as far as not just thinking of, oh, what's my next step? Because even for so long in my career, I was very reactive and I thought, oh, I'll do a good job and good things will come. But I wasn't as intentional. So I know once I did start to get intentional and what positions do I truly want and getting to understand those next steps and figuring out, do I really want that? Because I knew I wanted to be a leader of people and helping provide a bigger impact than simply myself. And so I wanted to be a leader of teams. How would I get to do that? What were people doing to help them prepare for those roles? And I started doing those things to stand out. But then I also got to a point where I saw higher roles much above mine. And I thought, is that actually what I want to do? So I think that's helpful if you think, oh, I want to be a manager someday of whatever team of company you're with, go talk to people in that role and try to understand more of what they do in a day-to-day. -day. What is most of their time spent on? Is that something that brings you joy and excitement and, and passion and motivation? Or are those things that you're like, oh, I didn't realize you did so much of that maybe I need to rethink what my happiness journey is. So, uh, and then you're saying embody that. How are they showing up in meetings? How are they showing up to work? Are they running in the office, you know, still trying to put on their earrings or, you know, whatever that might look like because they're constantly running late. And then as soon as they get in, they're apologizing for being late or are they showing up early and having a more calm presence that's more confident because of the way they're holding themselves and start to figure out how you want to do that based on those mentors that you're seeing. Absolutely, because you may find that you don't want to be a manager, but you identify as a leader. Yes. You want to lead something, and that may be creating your own business. 
So you decide what you want to manage. So yeah, learn going and learning and seeing what are the, ha- oh, I'm not really interested in that. I know for me, I really kept putting Spanish, mostly fluent. And I kept pressuring myself every year. And I was like, this was the year I was like, you know what? I'm taking a break from stressing myself. I was like, I do want, when I have kids one day, I want to teach them Spanish. Mm-hmm. That will be my why for those nine months. But until then, I just need a moment. And I found that when I speak with people, that don't speak in like I speak with more confidence just because I'm not stressed about what I think what they think or I've been practicing so much I should be better I've, I've been able to get out of my head and just get into the language yeah exactly more practicing that's for sure Aurelia what helps you to own your confidence I mean I think anyone who were to see you know this video or to come across you on the street or you know you owning that you were going to be in Broadway before it happened uh, could feel that so some people think oh she's so confident I could never get to that level what helps you to own your confidence Right. I I have recognized I am at chapter 36 right now, (laughs) but chapters 22 through 30, I spent that time trying to be everyone but myself. Mm -hmm. I missed out on a lot of my own dope because I wanted to dance for Beyonce and Janet and whoever I saw was doing that. That's where I felt like, okay, I need to do whatever they're doing. But I didn't recognize that because it was working for them, there's a great chance that it won't work for me. And Mm -hmm. I didn't recognize that my voice was from the neck up, not from the neck down. As much as I love dancing, this body was not necessarily built for it. So I still hit a step, but I recognize that my words are so much more powerful than my movement. And it took me over 10 years to figure that out. It's also the people I have around me. The top five, I always talk about, If you and your top five were in front of a mountain, are you all holding hands because you're all on the same level? Are you in the middle and you're helping someone up and someone's helping you up and someone's helping them up and someone's at the top telling you how beautiful the view is? Mm -hmm. Because if we're all on the same level, how are we going to get up? We have to have more vertical up, vertical down friendships as well as our horizontal. So the people I talk to, you know, I have a lot of East Coast folks as well. So when I get up at six or seven, it's already nine or 10. I'm, I've already got messages like, yo, I just left the gym. I just finished listening to the podcast. Like, what's your goals for today? Yeah. I've been meeting with my best friend every Sunday since the week before the pandemic, every Sunday, so that we can see our goals on paper. Mm-hmm. And every week we're checking each other. What did we do well? What could be better? So I have people around me that even if there were things on the outside to shut down my confidence, my circle is so tight. And every morning, honestly, I wake up and this is what I want for every person I encounter. People say like, you don't really love to travel. It's not that I don't love to travel, but when I wake up for me, every day is a vacation. This is a life I never want to leave. And I want everyone to wake up and feel that way, to wake up and just say, thank you for life, for breath, for the ability to do what I love and love what I do with the people I love every single day. Yes. That's unconditional confidence. And it's taken me a long time. And I recognize that I am this and I will be taken to the highest of high platforms so that other people can step on my shoulders. So Mm -hmm. I've got other, I've got people relying on me to wake up and no, I'm not perfect. This last week, as I told you, was probably the most unproductive week I've had in years, but the bounce back, it's all about that quick bounce back. I don't take three, four weeks and get sad about it and get mad about being sad. 
I have to reclaim that time. And the, I can't go back. You know, I get the same hours in the day as Beyonce. So the only thing I can do is make the most of the time that I know I have, which is right now. Yes. And what would you say to someone who thinks, gosh, I really am reevaluating the five people who are kind of in my network, how they could go about maybe connecting with more people than those who are simply to the side? Well, I am a big supporter of sliding into the DMs. I have no problem. If, it, if I needed to talk to Diddy, he might not respond, but I will slide into the DMs. Yeah. You have to take your shot. You can even just start with if there's someone that you know, just start liking things or commenting, following them, being inspired by them. If it's someone at your job, hey, do you want to grab some coffee after work? Do you want to grab, there's a new tea spot. If you know they're into animals, hey, there's this new exhibit happening. Start creating those genuine connections. I call that net giving versus networking. A lot of times we're like, how can I work people into my net? No, what can I give to pull people into my net? How can I help them? And I do that a lot in voiceover. If they hire me on Monday, they want the job on Friday. I say, sure, no problem. I know I'm going to deliver it on Wednesday. I'm going to undersell and over deliver because then they'll remember me. So definitely sliding into some DMs, Facebook, talking to people at your job, joining organizations. That to me is one of the easiest ways, especially as we're starting to come more outside or even some of these virtual group coaching. It's a chance to meet other people. And just, I think it comes from figuring out, you know, where do you see yourself in five years? And that doesn't come from necessarily a money place, but where do you see your spirit in five years? Now, let me go chase those people, but you have to make room. So if those five people are suffocating you, you've got to get their hands off your neck and you've got to move on. And people, someone asked me the other day, how do you do that and not hurt feelings? Someone else's feelings are not my responsibility. Yes. I can't make them feel anything they don't make themselves. Feel. I'd rather someone tell me, hey, I can't have you in this season than to ghost me. Yeah. Because that has happened to me. And to me, that feels worse than you not just saying, hey, I'm at this level now. I honestly just feel like we're in different places. Mm-hmm. I prefer that. So really making sure that those people that are around you are uplifting you and make you want to be better without judgment. So they'll still, they'll kick you in the butt, but they'll shove with love. They'll still hug you and say, I love you, but do better. Yes. That's so great. I really appreciate that because it's a message I share often is, is reaching out to people on something like LinkedIn and, and starting to follow the content and, and start those communications with people that you are interested in and sharing clearly why I have people who reach out to me on LinkedIn and they don't add a note. They want to connect or they say, looking forward to connecting. And, you know, a lot of them I'll accept, but if I don't know what you're wanting out of this connection, I don't know if I'm going to be able to give that to you. So it's helpful for me when someone says, Hey, I love the podcast, or I love what you have done in your career thus far. It's inspiring. I'd love to connect and learn more about your journey into your different leadership positions or something that's a little bit more clarifying can always be helpful as well. Yeah. Cause sometimes I assume if they don't say anything, they're trying to sell me something. <laughs> sometimes, definitely. I'm, I like, oh, I'm not going to speak. If, if you don't at least say hello, something. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Well, this has been such a great conversation, Aurelia. Where can people find you to follow you, do the same, connect with you, get this great energy uh, from you? Where can people find you? 
Yes, slide in my DMs. So my Instagram is Aurelia Michael. You'll see it on there, A-U-R-E-L-I-A-M-I-C-H-A-E-L. Same for my website, my personal website. For my business, it's Aurelia Michael Living on Instagram. Same on my website. And for voiceover, it's Our Voice On Demand. Same as the website. We like to keep it consistent over here. And I'm also on LinkedIn, very new to the LinkedIn game. So feel free to hit me up. We can chat on there. And I look forward to connecting with you all. Awesome. Yeah, definitely take her up on that because you're a light and it's been so great chatting with you today. Thanks again. Thank you. Appreciate it. I loved my conversation with Aurelia today. She is a ray of sunshine and was so much fun to talk to. You know, those people who exude so much confidence and it's almost like something that you want to soak in, breathe in, take it all in as much as you can and see it in a way of abundance. Like you're not taking from their goodness. You are welcoming that into your own body and soul. And I felt that throughout our whole conversation from the very beginning. And it was perfect that we were also talking about confidence because both of us are confident women, but it didn't always start out that way. So if you are thinking, oh my gosh, how could I ever walk into a room and feel like I own the place? You can start now. You can start making changes to be different, to own who you are. And I know for me, sometimes I think, oh, how am I going to walk into a room feeling confident like I am doing all of these amazing things? And I try it on. I do it when I enter a grocery store. Those doors open and I think, yes, who wants to talk to me or who's going to recognize me. Of course, I am not that popular in this moment, right? I feel like I am grateful, of course, every day when people are tuning into the podcast and people who are interested in learning more about me and people who are interested in hearing what I have to share uh, in different articles or different blogs that I write and purchasing my career journal. But sometimes I'll walk into a store like Target and think, how cool would that be if someone heard my voice and thought, oh my gosh, she sounds so familiar. And then they put it together that they listen to my podcast. That is amazing. And I now walk into different places, whether it's fast food, whether it's some fancy restaurant or even grocery stores, wherever that may be, I walk in with that confidence that I am somebody worth knowing that people who talk to me would consider themselves lucky to be within my inner circle. And that's something that takes work to get to that point. And I hope that in listening to this episode with Aurelia, you have specific things that you want to do to not have it be, like she mentioned, that microwave process to really stand in your confidence and what that looks like for you. It is not something that changes overnight, but I would look to people who you view as confident and start saying, what do I love about their confidence? Is it the way they hold themselves? Is it in the way they speak? Is it in the way they dress? Is it how they hold a conversation? 
What are they saying? How are they speaking? And start to try things on that and see what works for you. Because it's going to be most genuine when you recognize traits that you like in others who are your mentors, who are people you look up to. They could even be celebrities or whatever that might look like. Who do you look up to in your life? And why do you look up to them? Why are they so confident? And think of the things that they had to do to build their own confidence. Any actor or actress or supermodel or whoever it might be, an Olympian has their struggles along the way. We don't always get to see what happens behind the scenes. So find that person. If it is someone who is closer to you, ask them, have you always been this confident? I'm frequently impressed at how you enter a room or the energy you give off. Walk me through what that process was like for you. And I bet you're going to hear them open up and be a little bit more vulnerable that it wasn't always like that. So you can be more relatable at their earlier chapters than comparing your starting point to their final chapters or to their current chapter in their life, which is much farther progressed than where you're currently at. Give yourself grace along the process and it's never too late to start working on growing your own confidence. And some of that starts with changing some of the things you're doing in a day-to-day. Some of that means changing some of your habits. Some of that might mean changing some of the people that you spend the most amount of time with. So are you willing to do what it takes to get to that next point of that next level of confidence? All right, on that note, we'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning into another episode of Next Level Leaders. If today's episode resonated with you, I would love for you to check out my career journal that I created that has over a hundred unique prompts to help you take action and work towards getting that promotion in your career, helping you feel more confident, improving your self-awareness, increasing that communication, expanding your growth mindset, and helping you to proactively network. This is action-oriented and will have space for you to write in the journal itself of what you're working on, what progress you're making. I know it can be so helpful to any woman in the workplace who wants to grow in their current role, even if you're not getting promoted, but it certainly will help you be more prepared for those growth opportunities in your life. I would love for you to check it out. The link is in the show notes and you can also find it over on my website, www.nicoleharrop.com 